I'm very excited to be joined today by a special guest. Uh, joining me here today is Jason Cass. Uh, Jason's a guy that I have the utmost respect for. Uh, he's one of a very small handful of guys that I would pretty much tell any agent who asked me, listen to what he's saying. This guy knows what he's talking about. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Cool. I'm very glad. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. And did you know that you're, you're the very first uh, person that I've, I've ever interviewed on this show before? Wow. Wow. Hey, it's been a while. So I am, uh, uh, yeah, I, I guess I won't say what I was going to say. That's not appropriate. I don't, I, I don't want to offend the listeners, but that's awesome. First time. Yeah. First time. It, it, it's my first time. So <laughs> we'll, we'll just stick with that. Yeah. Maybe. They could read between the lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I want to start with getting a little bit of background just so any, uh, just so everybody who's listening right now can know who they're talking to and why, uh, you know why I'm saying some of the things that I say. So, can you maybe just give me an idea how you first got into insurance? Oh, no problem, no problem. Um, I'll I'll skip through it quickly. But uh, uh, you know, I graduated high school in '96, and my father owned a tile business. I started laying tile. I've been laying tile since I was about four years old. And um, you know, I looked at my dad. He was 43 years old. He was on his third back surgery, and. I thought to myself, that's going to be me. So I started go. I went in and uh, got a job selling windows. I went in to install windows, and the installation manager wasn't there. The sales manager grabbed me, and I decided to try it. And it was number one salesperson out of like 20 people. And I, I kind of remember about the fifth month, I uh, was got this award, and I told my wife it was. At, and as at the time we weren't even married, and we had a small child, and I said, "Man, I, I honey, I said I think I'm." I think I'm actually good at this. You know, I, I think I found something that like, I didn't know that I was good at sales. And so my father-in-law who had been telling me since my now father-in-law, but at the time, um, her, her dad had been telling me that I had needed to be an in insurance cause he was in insurance. I was like, Oh, I'll never do that one day in my life. Fast forward to 2001. Um, right after 2001, I kind of, you know, no one was buying home improvement materials. And not only that, it was, uh, it's not the best, most honest business. Um, and so I went into a more honest business, which is insurance. And that's actually true. We are an honest business. We're regulated too much by the state, not to be honest. And um, so I, I, I started with an agency, hired on Christmas Eve of 2001. Um, he put me in the front and told me to answer the phone. And whenever he would go out on commercial appointments, he would take me would take uh, take me with him. Paid me eight bucks an hour to answer the phone. And I tell you what, he told me it was really cool. He said. He said, you know, is, I said, when I answer the phone, I'm not going to know what to say. I don't know anything about insurance. He said, well, you're going to learn quick. He said, there's going to be about 10 or 15 questions that, and everybody's going to ask one of those 10 or 15 questions, you know, ask someone in the office and pretty soon you'll sound like an expert. And sure enough, like, I mean, it's one of the best jobs for a new producer to do. I mean, because you sit there and you take all these calls and then you hear all these answers and, and you immediately really catch on. Six months later, I became an agent. Um, that guy to this day is Mike Beard at the insurance store in Mount Vernon, Illinois. He's my number one mentor in life. I left him in 2005. Um, he was so cool. He let me take my book of business with me because uh, him and I just gained a great relationship. And instead of driving 30 miles one way to work, I was driving four blocks. Stayed there until they told me I was going to be an owner. They never followed through on what they were really saying. I don't want to say they didn't follow through. It's just that they weren't ready to make the move, and I was, um, into a higher position. So I left there in 2010, started JDC Insurance Group. And uh, I work out of the basement of my home. It's on the 18th hole of a golf course. And my office, looking at it right now, is about 56 square feet. And um, I have no, f I have, uh, I have a phone, but I never use it because I use Skype for everything. I have a laptop. I have no computer. I have no uh, um, a fax machine or filing cabinets. Uh, I'm completely virtual. I can, as long as my laptop's with me, I can do anything that anybody else can. That's sitting in an office, maybe listening to this, and um, started getting social and digital. And let's see, I got contacted by a company that wanted to teach me some stuff. They said that I was doing what, what I was supposed to be doing out there as far as Facebook. I wasn't on Facebook or anything when I got on. I wasn't in Facebook. YouTube didn't have any social sites. My wife was on uh, MySpace, and I'd always make fun of her for being on that. And finally... She was probably looking up her old boyfriends. <laughs> she, she probably was looking up her old boyfriends. Man, do you know her, John? But anyways, uh, so... so oh, No, that's cool. That's cool. Um 
you know, and what was what was interesting about this was is that I I had never. This is so good if you're new in the in the in the industry because I had never, especially if you're a new business owner, I'd never been a, per, a personal lines guy, but I'd always been commercial lines, and um, I had done a lot of life insurance as well, but never personal lines. And the agency owners told me they said, Jason, to be successful and have the most successful agency, it needs to be somewhat balanced. You need the personal lines. It stays on the books longer. It comes in consistently. All the things are reasons why um, we put up with personal lines in this business. And he was he was right. So um, I decided to um, start this little online thing to see if I could get some leads that way. And for basically, I gained a lot of fans, got a lot of engagement on JDC Insurance Group's fan page, started a Twitter, um, did, did my LinkedIn. Um, but it wasn't until about 13 months in that I got um, a company called me and said, hey, we want you to use our program. We're going to put you with a consultant for five months, teach you this program, and we want you to record your results. And if they're good, we're going to send you around the United States and show people. So... I recorded all my results, all the data, gave it to them, and they said, this is unbelievable. And um, the point of that story to the agents out there is that I wouldn't be where I was if I didn't have somebody else realize that I knew what I was doing, even though I did know that I was doing. And so I want you guys out there to think that sometimes when you may not know what you're doing with marketing, um, you actually are probably doing what you're supposed to be doing. You just don't realize it. And it took them to have a consultant come and look at it from the outside to say, hey, this, okay, this, this dude, you're doing it right, but you need to organize it more. You need to put a strategy behind it. And that's really what boomed my career, and I started Grow Program. So we can go on more and more about that, but I've talked a lot. And uh, that's kind of my story from where I started to where I am right now as an agent. And I run and own JDC Insurance Group. Uh, we're about 70% commercial. 30% personal lines. I have my CSR. She lives in uh, Georgetown, Colorado, 984 miles from me. And she has an assistant that's uh, out of Atlanta, Georgia. So that's how we rock and roll here at JDC Insurance Group. Nice. So, <clears throat> and uh, let me see here. Because I, I got a bunch of uh, notes here of just some things that I wanted to pick out of that. And then I want to come back and talk about the GROW program. Um, hit me. But uh, so let's see. One of the things that you said that I just I thought it was such a powerful lesson and powerful takeaway for anybody who's listening into this, and it's something that I've been saying to agents for a long time, is the best salespeople do not already have an insurance license. You know, they're they're already selling something, and there's people out there who are great at sales, but they just you know they're not into insurance yet, and for them, insurance is like a an upward step on mm -hmm. their on their ladder and I just think that you're like the perfect example of this that this guy who gave you a chance and you know I've worked with so many agents that the first line of their their uh, their classified ad is if you have an insurance license you know it's true and, and, and I've always just felt like an insurance license is not the barrier to success and John you know, John let me staple this on to that thought there mm -hmm. I went around to like 10 15 agencies I went and got my own self licensed Mm -hmm. and, and because my father-in-law, so I thought, I'm going to do this. I went around 10, 15 agencies, called them in the phone book, walked into their office. None of them would hire me because I didn't have any insurance experience. It's ridiculous. Why, and why would you even want someone, at least in my experience, I've found that you know the, the people that have the insurance experience, they're either too expensive or they're not that good. Otherwise, they would be where they are. That you know, or Overall, broad agents. brush, that is probably more true than not. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, let me just think. So JDC Insurance Group, you've got this agency that you've set up and you've got, there's, um, you know, a number of people that are working in the agency, but it's a hundred percent virtual. There is no physical place that people can come and you've managed to make that work. So yes, I, I just think that that alone is, is all the credibility that you need to talk to, to, you know, anybody who's listening right now about how you can do marketing, you know, outside of the things that are, uh, you know, right in front of, or, you know, just outside of that local uh, feel. So anyways, I don't know. I, I, I just wanted to, to kind of touch on that. So, so how did you go from, you know, you're, you're, you got the JDC insurance group, it's rocking and rolling, it's moving, it's growing, it's doing well. How do you get into the growth program? Where does that come up? Yeah. Um, I started 
traveling with and and speaking my results of things that I had done and sales I had made off Facebook and LinkedIn and the different things I had done. I mean, I know it. I know it sounds sounds weird, but it's true. I I insure one of the Chicago Blackhawks, the the hockey. Nice. And can, and can I can you got, say who it is or is no? That... I no. He's asked me not to. I will say his name's Brian, but okay. that's all I'm going to say. Um, he asked me not to. He heard me speak one time, and he said, "Jason, don't don't say that." And I was like, "Okay, I won't say that." But anyways, <laughs> um, um, he found me on Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm not lying to you. You found me on Facebook. I wrote an account uh, last year that was $16,000 in commission, and the, it's out of Oklahoma and Texas, and I'm in Illinois, and the guy found me off Facebook. He's been following my blog for two and a half years. I mean, weird, weird stuff happens out there. So as I was teaching this stuff and showing – I wasn't teaching. I was showing people my results. Whenever I would come back, I mean, John, I'd have like – I'd have probably anywhere from 5 to 15 to 20 emails in my inbox over the next two or three days being like, oh my gosh, I want to learn how to do this. I want to do this. And it's like, whoa, okay. And so I would have these phone calls with agents. And over a while, after a while, I mean, the phone was definitely ringing a lot more with agents than it was with, with people calling in off the internet, my leads or my cold calls I was doing. And so it was like, holy mail, I got to do something. At the same time, this company had 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 Ryan Hanley at uh, the Murray Insurance Group out of Albany, New York. They had had him use their product too and they put him with the consultant and they worked together. Well, he was flying around too and so him and I happened to find out about each other and we talked and he's like, man, do you not have all these people like calling you? And, and I'm like, yes, dude, it's crazy. So we created this thing called Grow Program and our initial thought was is we're going to go around and pick like 13 cities across America and have a three or four day conference and we're just going to teach this to all these people. And that went like, boo, and <laughs> fell on its face because like, yeah, keep in mind, this is like 2011, late 2011, or no, it's actually mid 2012. And like where we've come in this industry just in the last two years, as far as understanding this importance is, is like night and day. And so I couldn't even get anybody to read a blog back in 2012 about this stuff. Now we have thousands of readers. It's probably similar along your lines, John. And so we started grow. It kind of sat there dormant for a while, and then back in and then at the beginning of uh, 2013, I started a place called Insurance Agent Mastermind, and that's a mastermind group where agents meet weekly or two times, two times a month. Um, and we have a, we just sit around and we sit around um, virtually and we talk about things in our agency, what's working, what's not, whatever. And then I created Agents Influence, which is a podcast that I do uh, for insurance agents. And so then I was kind of doing those things. Well, we kind of um, uh, got Grow back going and we thought, okay, let's change the game plan. Let's create a community where agents can learn and let's bring the mastermind into that. Let's bring the Grow program into that. Created something called the Grow blog. And um, so and then we had... Uh, we, we had the Grow blog. Then we came out with the Digital Insurance Marketing Academy. And here's the reason why I'm saying that. I'm not saying it to push it. It was a funny thing. I had agents calling me going, what is all this? I mean, what is going on here? And ironically enough, I won't tell the story, but I was in the back of a limo in Boston at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I had partied too much the night before, if you know. I was with a bunch <laughs> of agents, and it came to me. I mean, it came to me. I thought, we're creating a, a real-life community here. So Agents Influence, our podcast, is our radio station. The Insurance Agent Mastermind is really nothing more than a chamber of commerce made up of insurance agents. Every town needs to have a school, so that's what we're creating, Digital Insurance Marketing Academy, where you could go and learn how to better your business, not just for marketing, but also through all aspects of your agency. We created the Grow Blog, as I said before, and that became our library. So we're now starting to put pieces together to where we're starting to look at this, and hopefully um, we're coming out with a new, it's called Grow Town. It's on my website. If you go to growprogram.com, you'll see it. And we're going to be we're creating a new grow town and expanding it, and hopefully we're going to have a building in there with a little insurance splash sign on top of it, because there's a bunch of agents who are now 3,400 of us are using this community to learn and teach each other, and what we're doing inside of there is we're bringing those resources. If someone's using a QQ or someone's using insurance splash or someone's using a Swift rate or someone's using a rocket referrals. 
Whether we make money on that or not doesn't matter. I want it in the community so that other agents can can know about it and can ask other agents, hey, how's this working? And that right there is really what a community is. And it's the reason why a lot of chambers, it's the reason why a lot of associations, it's the reason why a lot of rotaries, these civic groups are having problems because you're able to do this online more effectively, more efficiently, but it also allows you, if you notice, we're a group of insurance agents. It allows us to all speak the same language and learn quicker and cut the curve down. So that's what Grow Program is, and uh, I still run JDC Insurance Group full-time. I now have a team of five people on the Grow side that I've taught all my stuff to, and we constantly are learning every day. And so uh, we help agents uh, by taking over all their marketing. We do consulting. You can be part of the community and, and do the DEMA and all that other stuff. So that's what Grow Program is. And I'm not here to sell it, but it's kind of important that you kind of know what the whole thing is. So as we talk the rest of this podcast, you'll know what John's talking about. Sure, of course. Uh, so let me ask you some, some questions here. Um, I want to get a gauge from you because one of the things when I've listened to and read the different uh, messages and ideas that you have, one of your strong points is that if agents don't change the way they're doing business right now, it's not going to look good in the future. Um, is oh, that yeah. is that oh, true? Like, or is now that, you is got that... me riled up, John. Here we go. Oh, yeah? Strap the boxing gloves on, baby. <laughs> there we go. Jab, jab, hook. Jab, jab, hook. Uh, so, anyways, that's a great. That's the name of a great book. Is jab, jab, hook about what we're talking about? Um, yes, you're exactly right. They've got to. I get a lot of agents to say, hey, what's the ROI of social and digital media and doing this stuff? I said, the ROI is that your agency will be here in five years. If you don't, if that's not convincing enough, I don't know what is. And you're right. They've got to change. And they've got to change hardcore. Is that what, is that what you were wanting to go down the line? Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I guess I wanted to get your agreement on maybe putting that uh, philosophy on you before I uh, ask you some questions about it. So why is it? I mean, let's say I'm an insurance agent. I'm thinking, okay, well, I've been on Facebook. I've tried that and the Twitter and these other things. I mean, why do you say that not doing those things is going to lead to somebody failing in business? Okay. All right. So if uh, 20 years ago, if I told you that I was a big professional insurance agency, people better expect to find you physically. Everything that happens in the real world happens in the virtual world and vice versa. Please understand that because it's really the same thing. It's just different tools. So if someone went downtown and couldn't find your building and you were stuck in the little back room or if you were operating out of your house, you may not be seen as professional enough and you're going to possibly lose business. Fast forward to 2014, totally opposite, totally opposite. Today, if you don't have a website, you're not real. Whether you have a building or not, doesn't matter. Is there that clientele out there that does? I guess it's, I've heard it's anywhere from 10, 20 to 30% that would only do business with someone who has a shop. Well, I'd be willing to bet that those 20 or 30% of the people are, are probably majority of them are not the type of client I want. They usually want somebody that they can walk in and pay their bill at the counter. I'm not that kind of person. We do EFT. It creates us to be more efficient. And when we're more efficient, we can we can service our clients better with the tools that they actually want and need rather than walking into a business because that's not everybody today. Um, you're going to have to have that. So just one reason alone is you've got to have a, a digital presence. When Jim is outside talking, I get a lot of agents all the time that go, oh, I live off referrals. I live off referrals. If you're listening right now, you're saying the same thing. And really, I've got a podcast that I did with the director of marketing for Safeco that says that the average agency out there that has 750 clients or more gets one referral per year or per month. The top-notch high-flying agencies get one referral for every 85 clients that they have. So if you're sitting there convincing yourself that you live off referrals, you're completely wrong. The studies and the research of, of 900 agencies over the course of 10 years have completely proven that to be wrong. So, And these aren't the same agencies. They're randomly selecting different agencies every time, 900 of them every year. So it's, it's not true. 
So whenever we are saying and we're talking about the old-fashioned referrals, you've got Jim and Sue at the ball game, and Jim says to Sue, or Sue says to Jim, uh, you know what, my insurance went up, or my agent's now retired, or I had a claim that wasn't handled right, whatever it may be. And, and Sue says that to Jim, and Jim says, hey, you know what, you should go check out JDC Insurance Group. She says, oh, that's great. Now, what does check out mean? Does that mean she goes and finds you in the phone book? No. I mean, she hopes then waits to see, because she doesn't even read the newspaper, she hopes to hear you on the radio. No, she's going to go home, she's going to get on Facebook, she's going to be talking to her daughter, talking to her husband or grandma or whatever, and in the meantime, she's going to go, oh yeah, I remember that, that, that Jim told me to go check out JDC Insurance Group. I better be there. I better be there. If I'm not there, my credibility just absolutely didn't go down, it crash nosedive directly into the ground it's over if you can't find my agency or whatever i mean having a static website's terrible enough but at least you got something but you need to be out there and today those static websites are not helping they want to get educated by this person and i could go on and on and on about that but that is very very important you need to have a physical and digital presence because people are bouncing back and forth between both those worlds and those worlds are real worlds to them. It may not be to you, but let me tell you this. To help your business the best, get out of your own way. Start listening to what the consumer wants, and then you'll start realizing that things are, are becoming, um, will start to become clear as to the direction and the growth of your business. I know that. I live it. Okay. I think, I think that's a very uh, tangible analogy, that, that just that general idea of, yeah, I mean, 20 years ago, the insurance agency that had the biggest building on the corner at the you know intersection where everybody's driving through that was the equivalent of today you know having a, an active Facebook page having a website that um, you know has a lot of good information so and let me a, one other thing John let me let me circle back to that uh, we all know that the agent who was really really kicking butt in the 80s and 90s was the agent who would occasionally put a article in the local newspaper and they would have to pay for it or they would have to do it per what the editor's guidelines were but like the insurance agent that would put free advice in there about insurance that was the guy that was seen as the expert fast forward mm -hmm. to 2014 we can do that same thing now, but we don't need somebody to tell us when and how, and we don't have to pay to do it. We can now create our own content, and we can start being that specialist today on a local level out of our own office, 56 square foot in the basement of my home. You know, it's one of the things that I, I often kind of ask myself, because I, I've worked with a lot of insurance agents uh, that the idea of creating content is, um, it's just not going to happen. And... I often, I'll kind of, I think sometimes I give them a little bit of a pass in my head because I say, oh, you know what, like, you know, everybody can't just write a blog that anybody's going to care about. But then sometimes I come around to that and I say, but you know what, if, if, don't sell that you're an expert if you can't go out and prove it, right? True, true. I mean, you know, and if you can't go out and prove it, then maybe you don't deserve the business. I mean, that's maybe kind of a harsh thing, but, um, Hey, you know, I, I do truth think it's, hurts, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's a challenge, but it doesn't have to be writing articles. You know, you could just be talking into a video camera or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, if, if, you, if you're going to tell people, well, people should buy from me because I'm the expert, then you darn well better be able to prove it, right? Hey, that's right. And someone may say, well, John, Jason, how do I find content? What can be my content? Here's your answer. Simplest thing in the world. Go out to the people who are forward-facing in your agency, the people who are connecting with the consumer, the people that are talking with them in your agency, and say to them, next week, I want you to come back, and I want you to think about this during the week, and come back with 10 questions that you hear from every client that comes in, or 10 questions that you get asked the most. Boom. There's your topics that you create content on. Right there. It's it. That's what they want to know. So instead of them calling you, what if they look that up online and find you there? Boom, you got the business. Yeah, of course. And, you know, what you could do is if you, you know, one of the things I like about videos or blogs or anything that I do on the internet is that I just have to do it one time. And True. once it's there, it, it's there a million times. And so you can take 10 minutes to explain a question that somebody has about the difference between term life and whole life. You can do that one time and you can take 10 minutes to do it. But if you have to answer everybody, and maybe that's not a good example of a, a question to answer, but um, you know, it, it gives you the opportunity to give an answer that you're not just rushed and you're, you're just hurried just trying to answer the question so that you can, because you got the other phone line ringing. Um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think that, uh, you know, that's the other aspect that, that helps is that, yeah, you can give a more detailed answer to these questions than whatever your producers are, you know, yeah. used yeah. to kind of spitting out there. It also gives the agent more control over, you know, the, the messaging. That, the that's message. Wanted. That's right. That's exactly um, right. Now, let me ask you this, because um, how do you, you know, one of my strong things that I, I believe in is that you have to play to your strengths. And a lot of my listeners are not virtual agents like you are. They're out in, you know, with a physical location in a community. And one of their most powerful strengths, the strength that they have that um, direct carriers don't have, or people selling direct to the consumers, is that they are local and that they can talk to people face-to-face. How do you, how do you move into a more digital world and maintain that personal connection. Do you have any thoughts or insights into that, like actionable stuff that you've done with JDC Insurance Group that that other agents you don't see them doing? Oh, sure, man. God, I got a ton of a plethora. They would say. Um, well, first of all, video conferencing. I remember someone asked me the other or about a year or two ago, probably about actually, damn, time flies. Probably about three years ago, I got this survey and he said, "How often are do you video conference or use the video for telephone?" And I was like, "Dude, who's doing that? My God, I know we're. Fa- I use it probably ninety percent of what I do now. Um, I, I hook my clients up with it. Um, I put Skype on their computer." If they're a large enough client, which means I'm generating fifteen hundred, two thousand in commission a year from them, I'm gonna go out and try and buy them a maybe a twenty, thirty dollar little cheap a webcam. And when I go mm-hmm. there and we write the policy, I'm gonna download Skype for them, create an account, and set up their webcam so that we can talk. The beauty of not only Skype is not only for video, is you can use it for regular phone, but also it allows you to share screens by one click of a button. So I can pull their policies up and we can review their policies right over right over Skype and then be done. We're talking to each other face to face. 80 some percent of communication is nonverbal. We all know that. So it is very important to somehow try to connect. Um, another way that I use is a way to connect with people face to face is um, I will get on the phone and let's say I'm talking to Jim and um, Jim and I are discussing some stuff and I'm doing a cold call and Jim and I have talked a couple times. He finally says, yeah, let's meet next Thursday at one o'clock. Well, when I get off, I say, hey, John, is there any way that I can get your email address? Because, you know, I'd like to email you my contact information. And just in case something comes up, you can let me know. It's going to be about an hour and a half drive there. want to make sure that's fine. Sure, he gives me his email. As soon as I get off, I immediately will shut off. I, I will... Um, open up YouTube. I will immediately start a little video, a little recording that says, hey, this is Jason Cass. Um, it was good talking to you today, t- uh, Jim. I just want to let you know that uh, here's my contact information. wanted you to see me face-to-face, and uh, I look forward to seeing you next Thursday at 1 o'clock. See you later. Boom. It's usually about 15 seconds long. Mm-hmm. I usually record that, upload it to YouTube. Then I will then take that link out of there send it to them. I make it a private thing, so or unlisted, so you have to have the link. I'll drop it in an email and I send it to them and I'll say, hey, here's an intro to who I am. and Or I'll put nice to meet you or something like that. And I, I will say about 20 or 30% of the time they'll call you back. 50% of the time they'll either reply and say, wow, that was pretty cool. Or the other, you know, 10, 20% of the time they don't. But here's what's even more amazing. When I show up to that appointment on Thursday and I'm sitting out the lobby and Jim come walking out, I may not know who he is, but he sees me and goes, oh, Jason, how are you doing? Come on back. Mm-hmm. So he already has a personal connection with me. We also have to understand that you actually get more in-depth personal relationships with people when you do social and digital marketing. Yeah, That's right, real in-depth. We have this thing where back in the old days, we used to sit across the street from one each other out on our front porches and we'd holler across the street. Now, I don't know, but this is what I've seen and what I've been told and what I've been taught. And we would, you know, holler and kids were playing in the front yard. And then this thing came along, this telephone, and they started talking and they didn't even have to go outside. But there's something that happened there. And I don't think we really pay attention to it. Um, but there's something that happened and I didn't even notice until social and digital marketing communication came along. And that's this baloney talk that we start with it's like we weren't able to john we weren't able to scream across the street so like when you would call me on the phone now you would call and i you'd be like hello and i'd be like uh hello and you'd be like hey how are you doing and and i would say uh i'm doing good and you would say so uh what have you been up to and and you really had a purpose for why you called me but Mm -hmm. we go back and forth and we have this dumb stupid like worthless talk going on for like 10 or 15 minutes 
And, and the reason is, is because we haven't communicated. We don't really know how to use this device really well because I can't see you. You can't see me. And, it, and it's, it's kind of this weird thing. We were once now forced into communicating non-verbally. Or non, um, yeah, non, non, we weren't able, we had to do it all verbally, I should say, um, because you couldn't, you couldn't see. And so what was amazing about that is, as you fast forward now to social and digital marketing, if you do it correctly and you build your audience and you find them and you engage with them and they get to know you and you share stories and you share events and, 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 and information and value, there's a weird thing that happens. And that's when Jim calls me. So Jim calls me on the phone and the way it happens in a lot of the listeners agencies is, is Jim calls and they do that same thing. Hey, how are you doing, Jim? Oh, I'm pretty doing pretty good, Jason. Oh, how are you? So how's the kids been? Oh, they've been doing pretty good. Oh, well, that's really great. It's been working a lot. Yeah, I've been working a lot. This, this boring conversation that goes on, it's totally pointless. But whenever my clients call, majority of the time, here's how it goes. Jim, hey, how are you doing, man? Hey, I saw that Aaron and um, Cindy, your daughter and son, got first place in the swim uh, the swim meet, and Cindy got perfect attendance at school. I got, I'm a parent with small kids, Jim. There, you're you've obviously got more experience in this. Tell me a little bit about how I can do that. Oh, Jason, oh man, that's crazy. Da 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 da. I was talking to one of my clients, um, and I was talking to him, and I, they got back, and I messaged them because they were posting that they were back from vacation, and I posted on there. I said, I said to him, I said, hey, how's, um, how's Jamie doing? Their little daughter was walking on the beach and cut her foot, cut her foot wide open. It ruined their vacation. They had to go to the hospital. And they're like, how did you know that? I'm like, well, you posted that you're at the hospital, you know? So what it does is it creates a relationship there that actually is more in depth. And so you don't go through this BS talking. You are able to actually get to in-depth stuff that's important to what's going on in their lives and what's going on in yours. Because keep in mind, the opposite happens. A lot of times, Jim will be like, hey man, I saw you and the family were on vacation last week. How'd that go? So then, boom, we're talking about something completely other than insurance. We're, we're building and, and, and deepening our relationship with one another, which increases retention, which makes helps make us more money and give value to people who we really get along with, our audience. Cool, cool. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I can totally relate to that because uh, there's, you know, there's people that I have professional contacts with that I'm Facebook friends with, and I try not to do that as much as possible. I don't know why, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess because I don't know, I'm just a little bit different. But um, you know, for the people that I do have that I'm connected with, it's like, um, you know, there's like, a, I'm thinking right now of a specific person, but every time I communicate with her, it might be three, four months in between. But it's like I always know exactly what's going on in her life. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I saw you guys went to Sesame Place yesterday or whatever. I don't know. And it's it's just it's actually really bizarre when you think about it that I know what's going on with all my high school buddies and their mm -hmm. families. And there's no reason that I should. <laughs> we're know? back on we're back on the front porch, John. Right. But instead of just being limited to the people who live around you, you're, uh, the front porch is open to everybody. And we're just back communicating again. And the kids are in front of us and everybody in the neighborhood's watching each other's kids and know what they're doing. That's what we are. We're back to the front porch. That's where things were personal. Why was it the most personal? Because it was in people's homes. That's where people feel the most comfortable. And that's where you're connecting with people. That's where they're reading your value. Don't push your stuff to them. Pull you them into your agency. You're pulling them in because they're at their most prized place, which is their home. It makes it personal. It's more personal than it is. What, um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you a couple questions because I, I look at the insurance business and I, I'm kind of beginning to see a couple different groups emerging and you might have a different take on that. I'd love to hear it if you do. Um, I, you know, you've, we've got a lot of insurance agents who are, you know, getting ready to retire or maybe they're going to, you know, live off the agency until they're 90 years old or whatever, but they're kind of stuck in their ways and things are going. And then I'm also seeing a lot of younger people who are just getting into it. Um, and I was wondering what advice you would have for both of those groups. So maybe first of all, that agent who, um, you know, they're not getting the phone doesn't ring like it used to. Um, you know, the the yellow page ad is not working, obviously. But you know, but but they're also thinking in their head. You know what? I'm only in this for another five, ten years. Um, what would you say to that person? Do you think that they should maybe just keep doing what they're comfortable with, or do you think there's there's 
Uh, what would you I say to you. that agent? Oh, I, uh, yeah, I get this a lot. I have agents come up to me when I'm presenting and say, just that. I, I know and I believe in what you're doing, but there's no reason for me to do it, or why should I do it? I'm out of the business in five years. Very, very simple. We got two agencies, and, they're, um, and one, of the re- one of the other things is, is I was at CIC. This is kind of in correlation to this. I was at CIC last week, and I was at the agent management one, and they were talking. They had a guy come in the first day who does nothing but appraise and do off um, agencies. And he said one of the big th- functioning things is how well your marketing plan is, number one, and how well your marketing plan is social and digital is a big factor that's being weighed into agencies. So that goes to where I'm saying if I've got two agencies and premium and commission-wise, they're both worth, let's say, a million dollars. That doesn't mean anything today because now there's other factors. How much technology did you have in your office? How much of a marketing plan are you? Because that's going to tell the people how well you're already known in the community. You've already got a voice that a new owner can just slide right into. Um, So there's a lot of value built in that. So there you go is one way. Some people say, well, I don't want to spend the money because I'm getting ready to retire. Well, it's not like you have to spend a lot. I mean, if you've got an agency that's bringing in 200, $400,000 in revenue, not premium, revenue a year, then for you to go out and spend, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars one time shot to upgrade your office, get a consultant in to set up some procedures and workflows, you're gonna not only are you going to see your your agency sell for more, but you're gonna also realize that holy cow, I'm starting to grow again, which once again is another factor that's gonna increase the value of your agency. But the opposite effect, John, happens if you don't go that way. The opposite, mm-hmm. the compounds going the other way to the fact that, oh, God, I buy this, but it's basically like buying a house that you've got to totally um, like renovate. Very rarely mm-hmm. does that happen. People buy old houses so they can flip them, not so that they can actually stay in them. That happens, but not very often. People are more likely to buy your house if the kitchen and the bath and everything is already ready to go. Same thing with buying an agency. So that's why you need to do that because it's going to put more money in your pocket. And let's face it, this is the last money you're going to have before retirement. Right, right. So yeah, I think that I was about to use that analogy before you you brought it up, but it sounds like you're advocating for that idea of, yeah, let's fix up this house before we go to sell it because and but you you brought up a, a really good point, which is the you know you know when we're valuing this book of business, we're going to be looking at what's the trend, you know, and any agent would be crazy not to look at the trend and say, well, you you know the book has shrunk by 5% in the past four years, as opposed to it's held steady or it's growing. And, um, you know, so I, I think, yeah, I think that those are some awesome points and, and you are right. I mean, this is your retirement, right? Mm-hmm. So why not invest, you know, put that new kitchen in so that you can sell the house for an extra, you know, $50,000, even if it's going to cost you 20 to, to put that kitchen in. So yeah. I think that's, that, that's awesome. Now, what would you say to, this brand new agent, let's just say it's like a, a young kid who just maybe 20 years old, just graduated from school, maybe did a couple jobs or anything, and now they find themselves in an insurance office just like you did uh, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, what advice would you have for that person, not today, but just in general over the next 30 years, if they want to stay in this business, what, what would you say to them? I got a 26-year-old producer that's been working with me for three months, a little under three months. So I've had this con- con- um, I've got a document that I worked up. This is what you need to do uh, by month one, month two, month three. Everything I preach to him is niche. Not only that, I'm I'm niche in railroad, social services, and specialty auto, and I fell into the railroad uh, business um, because I found out an agent was cheating a railroad client. I totally fell into it. I, I didn't know that this was happening, and I uncovered it by accident, and uh, that's how I fell into that, and the people loved me so much they told everybody about me. So that was my second month in the business 13 years ago. So I kind of got lucky and fell into it and realized that I immediately was a specialist. I immediately was somebody that had credibility. It didn't matter that the agent that was that was their agent now was 20, 30 years in the business. The question you ask is, does he have a lot of railroad contractors? Does he have a lot of railroad excavators? If you if you went to him right now, Mr. and Mrs. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Client, and you asked him what a, a ball pin tamper is, would he know what that is? Because I know you know what that is. Now you become that expert. You're speaking that language. 
niche, 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 niche. That's why I tell my agent, go get on social and digital. Create your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your Google Plus, and your Twitter account because that's where you need to spread your value. Also, that's where you do your prospecting. There's no better place than if you're a niche and you're writing wineries, go get on LinkedIn and hang out in the winery groups where all the people who are marketing people for wineries or are winery owners. Get in there, listen to their lingo, start helping them with their problems. Start listening to the way some problems were solved and go to wineries and say, hey, we represent them. Even though you may have one or two, if you know their language and you know their pain points, you know more than 99% of the other agents. That's going to make you stand out. And it's really, really important that you listen to me on that because niche, 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 niche. It doesn't matter if you've been here 30, 40 years, you need to start niching or you're going to start seeing a decline. So that's probably the number one thing that I would tell them besides getting out there and starting getting that digital and social world. The number one thing is find a niche. Did you do something in the past before? You know, um, Were you a contractor? Were you selling anything else before? People say, no, 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 no. So what I told my producer is I said, do you have anybody in your, in your um, family that owns a business that you would possibly want to be in a niche? Um, you know, go, go. I told him this. I said, go, go to the chamber. I want to be part of this niche. Find three or four of those business owners, invite them to lunch, sit down, say, Hey, I'm new to the community. I'm trying to learn. I've decided that, uh, with, with the way my business is, my agency is and my markets, I'm wanting to go after something you do. I'm not here to ask for your business. I'm just here for help you have you help me educate someone who's been a business owner. You're striking their, you're stroking their ego based on the fact that you want to know about their business because now they're see themselves as superior in this conversation that's a human nature thing and you're just sitting there soaking all that stuff up this stuff works and this stuff is the stuff that you need to be doing and that's what i would tell them yeah i think that's awesome jason and you know um it kind of as you're talking it got me thinking that you know people who are in this situation might be wondering well how do i how do i how do i choose this different kind of niche and um I think that a lot of guys do exactly what you do. They kind of fall into it. You know, you get out into into there. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that, uh, you know, if there's an interest there, that's another thing. You know, one thing I, I, I wanted to say is I, I think that a lot of folks might shy away from this idea of drawing into something very specific for a bunch of reasons. But one of the things is I think a lot of people might say, I just don't know that much. And there's probably a lot of listeners who probably might not feel comfortable inviting a bunch of business owners out to eat and i i, I mean yeah god forbid we get out and network and talk <laughs> to each other face to face i mean but you're right john well well the point though that, that i wanted to get to is is that you know this 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 audience that we're talking about this younger person this guy will go and pay fifty thousand dollars and spend three years to get an mba well, can you just go to the library and get a book about railroad, right? That's I mean, a good comparison, man. I mean, how, how hard is it? It doesn't take that much to go from knowing nothing to being the smartest insurance guy who knows about something like that. That's because, true. you know, all you need to do is is be the, you know, the, the niche guy in that. It doesn't take 20 years of experience driving railroads. Um you know, it just kind of takes being a little bit better than that next guy. So I think that, um, you know, for anybody who's who's not sure about niching out like that, um, you know, it's it, I, I completely agree. I, I think, you know, we talked earlier about uh, the challenges of being a, a generalist. And, you know, I just don't think it uh, I don't think there's a, a huge future for selling car and, and home insurance uh, for, you know, a person who's local in the community. I, I don't know that there's a huge future for it. Selling so. home and car insurance um, at JDC Insurance Group in five years, maybe even less, will be done by me not even ever talking to the person. And what I mean by that is we are going to set a program that is going to allow me to set certain limits. So I'm going to say I don't write anything less than 300000 We give them the option for 500000 They have to have this much for uninsured, underinsured motorists. The least amount of deductibles we take is this. Um, this is the type of thing we want. So then when this person comes to my website, does the the the, the quote, they're getting prepackaged deals to where they could select it, they get that package, and they roll on out. Now the difference comes is whenever I see that they've actually bound the quote, that's when I get on the phone with them the next day, make sure that they got the correct coverages, make sure everything is okay. 
And, and I think that that's where maybe we have technology that doesn't issue the policy, so if we need to still make changes, but we all know as agents we have, we have binding authority. So there's no reason why someone can't bind on our website and then we go there the next day when we're at work and then finalize it and make sure everything's okay. So mm -hmm. I, I, I think if they fall through that criteria, I think that's how we'll be selling insurance. And, and, and I, I know some of the directs are already starting to go that way. It'll be a matter of time before that's the way we're selling it um, here. And when I can sell it at 11 or 7 and 8 o'clock at night more efficiently than you can, when you can't sell it at all at that time, I'm going to start getting more business than you. It's because mm -hmm. of the process. You know, I, I, I a lot of agents have told me that they've seen their commission shrinking a lot lately and uh, you know I, what I usually say is I, I wouldn't expect that trend to change um, and so I you know I, I believe that agents do have to find ways to be more efficient with you know the customers that they already have and bringing in new business because at some point those commissions are going to shrink so much that if you're not the most efficient guy around in a big area of time then you're not going to be able to afford to, to stay open so you know what better time to start with with all of these kind of things than than right now mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I want to finish up I wanted to ask you so you know with all the digital stuff that you've done you, you've even mentioned a few as we were talking but I wanted to finish off by asking uh, about some tools that you use uh, within your agency that other agents out there might not know about that could be helpful for them just for for anything as far as getting signatures for um, marketing for you know anything just any online tools or software that you use that um, okay that, well, that you'd want to share well you mentioned one DocuSign I think a lot of you guys are probably using that out there and if you're not I encourage you to uh, please check it out you can do 10 DocuSigns for free um, if you sign up, DocuSign is so awesome. I mean, if you think it's awesome or you want to confirm, just call Lori, my assistant, and she'll tell you how awesome DocuSign is. Because I know if you're one of those agents, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm looking at my desk, or I know my desk has got like five or six files on it to where I need to go get the the, the uh, signatures signed. And you're, or if you're a CSR, your agent's driving you crazy because you got compliance issues that you have to abide by, and he or she is not getting it for you. So I understand that. DocuSign, it'll erase all that. Um, so ahead. do you need a... I mean, I know a little bit about DocuSign. I'm, I'm more asking for the, the listeners who might be new to it, but how, how does that work? Like, can I upload any document to it and email it to somebody and then the person can make a digital signature? Or does my carriers have to be integrated with their software or anything like that? Um, some of your carriers, if you're doing a lot of life insurance, they allow the electronic signing to where you just issue the policy. They send the, the electronic signatures to them to the email. Uh -huh. For DocuSign, um, you just simply upload a PDF, let's say, that's what a lot of agents are doing. You upload a PDF of the applications, you put in the, their email address, you put in the message you want to send it to them, you hit next, and it shows you all the documents. And let's say there's two documents and they've got to sign each of the bottom of it. Well, then it'll show you the document, and over on the left side, there will be um, a signature button or a date button or a check mark or whatever. And you, I would, I would click on signature, and I would drag it over to wherever they have to sign. Then I would click on date, and I would drag it over next to their signature. I'd go to the next page. I'd do the same thing. You hit send. It sends it to them. When they get in an email, it says, you received an email from Jason Cass. comes from my, um, uh, uh, don't, my email. So they're used to it, and they click on it, they open up, it opens up this thing, and they select their signature. So there's like three or four different fonts. Now keep in mind, the computer already knows their signature or their name because I told it to them when I was sending it out. And then takes their signature, they select, oh, I want that font. Then here's the great part. This is what DocuSign does that no one else does. So it will take them, once they select their signature, it slides down the document and says, sign here. And they click it and it signs, they click the date thing and it puts the date in and then over on the left it says continue on. They click the continue and it slides, all, you'll see all the policies or all the, the documents flying by and then it'll stop right where the next um, uh, document is, the next signature and you, then you just click there and click there. Here's the nice part, when it's done, you hit send, they, they hit finished, it sends Lori 
the copy of the documents signed. It also sends them a copy of the documents signed automatically. And then I always tell the client that, hey, Lori's going to do this. She's going to send it to you. Be sure to check in the documents they send you because your ID cards will be in there and stuff like that. And so it is one of the most smooth systems you've ever seen in your entire life. And it's so fast. You get documents signed and returned unbelievably fast. They're all encrypted. They're, they'll stand up better in, in court than an ink signature because at the bottom of all of them, they have an encrypted code that shows, you can't see, but it's encrypted, but it shows the IP address, the time it was signed. If they're logged in, it logs in them under their name. It's it's holds up in a court of law better than anything possible. Companies used to be against it, but I think pretty much now all of them have realized that they're compliant with DocuSign. You know that's interesting because um, I've had I've worked with agents in the past who've had compliance issues, and it was because they had a producer who was forging signatures, and I oh. can see how almost eliminating that from the from the potential situation could improve your your compliance absolutely and also that's an important thing is like if you need a producer to sign that document as well then there's a producer little thing and and you just drag the producer's signature and drag the producer's date over there and so at that in that instance it would send it to the client and also send it to the producer and then whenever uh, the client signs and I sign it takes both those things and combines them and sends them back to my assistant so she just gets one set of documents with both of our signatures on it Oh, nice. Oh, oh, it's sweet. Um, you know, I was going to ask you uh, for more tools here, but tell something people else to that... che- tell people to check out Rocket Referrals. You guys got to check out Rocket Referrals, and um, and if you mention Grow Program, if you get hooked up with them, you'll get thirty percent off for life. So I mean, it's it's an awesome program. I use it. It's for it's for referrals. It puts referrals on automatic pilot. They have an algorithm, and the key is though is that. The, the they need your data out of your management system in order to make it work the most efficient. But check out Rocket Referrals. Yeah, I got to check that out. I think I was talking to an agent the other day about that. Um, cool. Do you? I understand that you have a book coming out soon. It might even have already been available by the time uh, by the time this this goes live. This podcast is mm-hmm. that? Do you want to talk about that or is that? still kind of like uh, under wraps no I mean it is kind of under wraps I mean I've been talking about it on my podcast but uh, you know that's just uh, that's the stuff your listeners get when they're loyal to the insurance splash they get top-notch information <laughs> right off the press In- insider secrets yeah yes it's called insurance agent 2020. It is a 2020 vision for how you need to run your agency and be an agent in the year 2020. And what it is, is basically it's what I call, I'm tired of the word social and digital marketing. It's called social and digital business. That's what you need to be the insurance agent that's going to survive. It's just not so much what we've talked about here, John, about being social and digital with prospecting and everything. It goes from the top to the bottom of everything we do in our agency is social and digital. What does that mean? I'm talking from the marketing, to the advertising, to the prospecting, to the communication, to the whole sales process, whether it's gathering the information, quoting, um, proposing that information, the welcome packet, digital signatures, closing out that that file, um, the retention, the cross-selling, everything we do in our agency is going to be social and digital. It's going to have social and digital has extended and is and is extending its tentacles into everything we do. And so I'm going to lay out a blueprint for what I've done in my agency and what I've done in other agencies to now make them social and digital. And here's the problem and here's where I need your help. When I say you, I'm talking to your listeners. One of the biggest things that is holding us back today is not other agents. One of the biggest things that's, uh, that's holding us back today is not the insurance companies. The biggest thing that's holding us back today is our vendors. Because our vendors want to operate individually, which is fine. I believe in a capitalistic system, state rights, all that stuff. So I believe that you should be on your own. But we also need to be understanding of each other as vendors. Let me give you a point. 
When I was moving from my management system, which I can't say the management system's name, but it just has to do with like a circle. It's like 360. And I was moving from them, and I was um, moving to who I am with now with the QQ Solutions. And one of the things that solidified the way was the way that um, I almost went with EasyLink's management system because it's very high-tech and very marketing-heavy and, and pretty cool. It's different than a lot of management systems. But right before I went with them late last summer, they bought out a digital signature company and they integrated it into their management system and it was terrible. And let me say that I'm, I, in case someone's listening as easy links and they like it. I don't want to say terrible. I had used other th uh, signatures and it was a lot better. But if I went with this management system, I had to use that and or for it to be integrated into my system and some of the bigger ones out there the big giants out there they have this same philosophy I'll give you an example their Salesforce and we're all familiar probably with Salesforce helps you track your leads and all that they called this large management system and said hey we got a lot of agents that are using us and the problem they have is that they have all this data in the management system but they need to be putting it into our system as well so it'd be great if our two programs would talk with each other that's called an API without getting too digital or technical the company each program has an API it's like a bridge and you tie them together and the information can flow back and forth to each other just picture that and so this large management company said no we're not going to do that and if we are going to do that we're going to charge you about five fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars for access per year to this and keep in mind a lot of these technical places are not all Salesforce they're small startups and Salesforce and some of the other companies that went to them not only that they were going to charge the agent a transaction fee for that data going back and forth he said no that's not going to happen if we start if you start charging your agents for it they're going to leave us so they left well this management company started their own they created their own lead like Salesforce and they integrate it and they charge you $180 a month on top of their high subscription fees that they that you have to pay and so not only that John it was terrible it was this is a management company that is trying to build something other than they are and so the thing I love about communication, or not communications, excuse me, about QQ Solutions is that they have the philosophy of we're a management system, here we are, we have an API, if you have a company that wants to do business and you need the, the, in, the information to integrate, have them call us up. If we already have an integration with them, download their product, buy their product, hook it up, start working tomorrow with it. If they don't, and you're saying, hey, I use this program and I want it to flow back and forth because I use my email marketing over here. Well, call up QQ, give them the information for the tech guy over here, and you usually have to drop anywhere between three to five to six hundred dollars and for some guy to hook it up for you. But boom, you never pay again and you can integrate. That kind of philosophy is what we need. That kind of philosophy is how we will be Insurance Agent 2020. Without those vendors understanding the importance of that, we will never, ever make it as an industry. And But we will make it as an industry because we're going to change these vendors' minds. And let me, let, me pack this, let me package this up for you and your listeners, John. This is so powerful and so good. And here's the most important part. It's so real. I have this lady who calls me about a couple months ago. And she's asking me about getting a quote. And she's asking all these questions about technical questions about, you know, do I have an app? And, you know, how, what time am I open and all this stuff? And, and do you she, have an app? <laughs> yeah. And do I have an app? You know? And so, so, so she, so the um, agency, she's insured after I do her quote and I find her prior insurance. And she tells me she's insured with an agency here in town for the last year and a half. And it's a very, very good agency. I personally know the owner. He's a great guy. If I didn't own an insurance agency, I'd probably be with him or maybe one. One or two other I, we got some good agents here in Centralia and so after I write her insurance and I help her out and we get her all done 500 combined single limit auto home umbrella jet ski very good client she says I notice on her, on her on her report on her prior insurance report that she was with Geico for about four or five years and I said to her I said let me ask you a question I said why were you only in, you were with Geico for four or five years and then you went to this local independent insurance agency in town. I said, why did you, why did you do that? Why are you leaving them a month and a year and a half later? She said, it had nothing to do with the agency. She said they were the nicest people in the world, but it had everything to do with the agency. She said, you local agents today 
don't provide as much value as Geico does. That's what she said to me. So all you listeners out there, you're going, what? You're sitting back. You're probably squinting your forehead a little bit, probably look a little mad on your face. And you're thinking, what are you talking about? See, that's the problem is that until then, I had that same thought. I had that same squiggly face. I had that same kind of raising my nose like, how dare you say that? But then it only took a second for it to click to me to say, how dare you think that, Jason? Because what's a value to her may not be obviously the same value to me. I'm taking my value proposition and I'm pushing it on somebody who does not see it as a value at all. And what, and you're and, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Your, your value proposition is extremely biased. <laughs> like it's, it's not even true. Like all these agents that I just I know a lot of agents who yeah you know that's what we live and die by is our customer service. It's the best and it sucks. It sucks, you know what, because you know why? Not only does it suck, but the guy down the road from you who's saying, he's saying he has the best customer service. Today, it's not about the service people expect that. It's the experience. And that leads right back to what we're saying here. Because to this lady, being able to call somebody 24 hours, 24 hours a day or get somebody and make a change, being able to have an app. She told me about the story about how she tried to find out what her deductible was on her comp because she had a glass breakage and it took the agent literally a day and a half to call her back. And he called her back about eight hours later, but she was already at work. She works a swing shift from three to 11. And so she she is, she's a nurse and she, she can't do this stuff at home. Mm-hmm. And, and this was really, really important because she can't do it at work and she has to do it at home, but she has to manage around their hours. So having an app is vital to her. Being able for her to make a change and find out information, being able to pay that, that that bill online, being able to have it automatically set up, these were important things to her and never occurred to the independent insurance agency. But here's the thing. If you have a management system that won't allow your app, these apps they have out there today, John, and you listeners know this, they're junk. They're junk. They're like, oh man, get this app and and the client can go enter all their information in there and they can have it at any time. Yeah, right. When you go get a bank, do they make you put in all your account information and and put in all your bill? No, it's just automatically synced because that's the way that it is. Well, we can't automatically sync as an independent insurance agent. You can't have your, you can give your client, you know, um, a certain company's app, but that's also not only cutting you out, but it's not allowing them to get the full experience of, of you. Once again, it's the customer experience. With QQ Solutions, I have the independent agent app that hooks right into my management system. So if you're a client of mine, whenever you, I, I write your business, I tell you, I say download it here at the Google or App Store, I send you a little email with the link, boom, they download it, they put in their email address, it automatically finds my system, hooks them right in, and in a matter of seconds, they're looking at their policy, they can get their ID cards, they don't have to enter anything. But see, you can't do that if you're listening to me unless you have a management system that allows you to integrate. You can't do that. And so that is just one of the many reasons why we need to be social and digital. Because see right there, that's the servicing part. So you've got to be social and digital to be part of that servicing. Here's the cool thing about my app. I can send notifications to it. Not text, notifications. So if you have my app downloaded, I can send a notification to one specific person and say, hey, um, notice your bill is late. Uh, whatever it may be. Um, hey, here's your ID card. Boom. And it will pop up in their notifications and they will see that their insurance agent app has a boom and it's a message right from me. I mean, this app is the most unbelievable thing that you've ever seen in your life, but you can't do it without that connection. That's what Insurance Agent 2020 is about. It's about taking those tools, taking those standards, taking those procedures, taking those workflows, and working them in to be the agent that you need to be, not because you're there at claims time or you have face-to-face communication. Who gives a crap about that? No one does. And I'm going to be honest here as an agent. Most of us agents tell the customer to call the claims number at the company anyways, and they don't even know what happens to the claim. So if you're going to be that person and that's just like Geico, but yet without all the value, well, then you're going to lose out every time. And then the last thing I want to say is, is you may think, why is this going so fast? The reason why it's going fast is because people are being sucked into going to do business with Geico, do it with eSurance, the general, whoever it may be, and they get those tools and they get that value. 
but then they realize they want to be local and when they have a claim, the agent always says, yeah, wait until you have a claim, you'll come back. Yeah, they may come back, but it may not be to you because you don't offer those same things. It's just like anything. Once you get used to it, you know, some the government gives me a tax break. It's kind of hard to take it back because once you give it to me, it's hard to take away. It's the mm-hmm. same thing with those tools. So you've got to be worried about that because people are experiencing that experience every day. You deliver the, the service. Awesome. Are you delivering the experience? That's what they find valuable. Wow. Wow, Jason, you definitely have a, a lot of passion. I, I wish I could take a little bit of your your energy and, and uh, bottle that stuff up and, and, and drink it. I guess. Well, if you'd become uh, partners with me, like I'm trying to get you to do, John, okay. we could really rock the world. <laughs> but that's your fault. So anyways, well, no, 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 I'm joking. But anyways, the, um, well, uh, Jason, for for folks, and and I could probably sit here and, and uh, you know keep chatting with you for for a really long time here but uh, I know we're it hovering has, in on it has an hour 10 way. minutes so wow um, the uh, if people want to learn more about any of the stuff you talked about what would be the best way to do that and, and I'll include all this information in the the show notes as well um, yeah you can go to uh, if you want to find me out I've got a, a website I'm not the most proud of it because I did it like a year and a half ago and I'm redoing it probably soon I've got like five agents in front of it before it gets done Find me at growprogram.com. You can go there. You can see Grow Town. You can find out about our products, Dima, Mastermind, yada, yada, yada. You can see the blog. Um, but most importantly, uh, sign up in the side and join about 3,400 other insurance agents who are getting our content, uh, our blogs, and our podcasts coming to you right for free. It doesn't cost anything to be a part of Grow Town. Cool. Cool. Very cool. Well, Jason, uh, on behalf of anybody, everybody who's listening right now, I just want to say thanks for your time and, and all your insight and experience. And, you know, I think that any agent who wants to stay on the cusp of the forefront of what's going on in this industry uh, needs to be following along with everything that you're saying, um, whether it's through the free stuff or your paid stuff or any of that kind of stuff. I I, I just want to make that uh, that final recommendation. So th- thanks for being here, Jason. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem at all, man.